Yeah, I can't, but I can't, see, like, I can't keep, like, the phlegm going the whole time, you know? Like, my voice is the right pitch, but I can't keep the phlegm to make it gravelly. I don't know how I, I don't have effort for this right now. What do you mean? This is important. I'm cracking up. <laughs> you know how hard it is for me to not fucking laugh? I know. Um. <clears throat> <clears throat> Listening to Blair vs. Podcast. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> mm. Listening to Blair vs. <laughs> it gets so sultry. I know, it's just, oh god. <clears throat> mm. Listening to Blair vs. Podcast, you are. Rated M for mature. Welcome to Playerverse Podcast, a weekly gaming podcast where I, Jameson, and I, Brenna, talk about gaming news, events, our experiences, and more. You can follow us on Instagram and uh, Instagram, our personal accounts at uh, PVP underscore Jameson and PVP underscore Mother Goose. And then you can follow the podcast on Instagram at player underscore verse underscore podcast or on Twitter. At player V, capital V for victory <laughs> podcast. This guy. And uh, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate us. It really helps out. Uh, last week was pretty great. We had some great numbers last week on our last episode. I don't know why. <laughs> so keep it up. Because <laughs> we deliver quality content. All quality. Quality content. As far as other stuff goes, there we have... Um, Two weeks, two weeks. I will be gone for vacation one of the weekends. So we're figuring that out. We might pre-record something and it might just be like a bonus episode. And we might just have to skip um, the uh, normal daily news episode because I will be out of the country. And logistically, that's too much for me to deal with. (laughs) So uh, let's dive on in to last week in gaming. Uh, Notch, the creator of Minecraft, has been excluded from the Minecraft anniversary. Yeah, the article says that he does not represent the values that Minecraft does now. So, he will not be invited with his, uh, what is it, transphobic and heterosexual and everything else that, you know, he said on Twitter. I mean, he just wants, he just wants heterosexual pride day and he just wants, he just wants white people to be... Welcome in the world. (laughs) He's a little crazy. Just a tad. Just a little bit. Uh, Kojima has teased a new Death Stranding trailer. The one game no one has any idea what the fuck it's about. I don't understand. There, I mean, I... It looks like Amazon Delivery Simulator. And honestly, if that trailer is representative of the whole game, I might be perfectly okay with that. I mean, that first section with the kid <clears throat> and the... what? Oh, the baby? The thumbs up and the boom? Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. But the thing is, it goes from, like, a beautiful 4K resolution to, like, shit immediately. Mm. It doesn't look as good at all. Well, that, tra- that trailer was a non-game 
Yeah, I know. It was just weird how the, the drop in the quality, picture quality. I mean, he still has pretty high quality. I mean, if you look at uh, what he did with Metal Gear Phantom Pain, like, it's really good graphics as far as everything else is considered. But he showed a picture of himself working on a new trailer for the game, so I'm guessing probably E3 stuff. Of course. Uh, Sega has uh, said that they're going to refocus on their core IPs and stop trying to, I guess, dip their fingers into other companies and genres or whatever. I don't know, it was kind of a vague article, and but it says they're going to try and focus on their own actual games, whatever that means. But what they really need to focus on is that Sonic movie. Which they are. They're redoing Sonic because of everyone's complaints. He he did look not like Sonic. I don't know what the hell that was. I mean, at least the Pikachu, though it is furry and it bothers you, it still looks like Pikachu. Furry Sonic also kind of bothers me, but it bothers me much less than Furry Pikachu. <laughs> I don't furry... know what it is about Furry Pikachu that it's, really annoys you. It's It just feels wrong just looking at it. <laughs> I feel just... violated. My eyes are violated. It does. I want to hug him and I want to kick him at the same time. <laughs> uh, Subverse is now the uh, second largest crowdfunded game on Kickstarter after Star Citizen. So that's uh, we've been talking about this game for weeks and uh, we still can't wait to play it. And oh... Son of a fucking bitch. Hmm. We forgot to back it. Is it over? It ended on Wednesday. Oh, fucking great. It's been, guys, it's been, uh, been a week. It's been a week. Damn it. Well, there's that. <laughs> this is what you get. Play for his podcast. We'll figure it out. Yes. We'll figure it out. Um, so with Kickstarter, Forbes wrote a pretty, like... It read pretty aggressively. It did read as someone that was thoroughly irritated. Like, you could see the irritation in their words. It was, the tone was definitely there, but it was an article about Chris Roberts, uh, Star Citizen, and uh, crowdfunding, especially with Kickstarter. And so the whole article went to talk about how they believe that Chris Roberts is defrauding no, that the there has community. been allegations that people, other companies and other things have like seeked help, like l- law. They have gone into law to try and look at this. But the thing is, is he's not necessarily doing anything wrong. And in the article, they kind of talk about it, how, yeah, he, he it's been eight, 78 years and he's not even like a tenth of the percent done with this game. We're about to hit six years. Yeah. And so... You know, they say that he is working, like he is still working on this game. Don't, you know, don't think that he's just blowing everything off. But he's obviously working too slow or just not putting a priority on it. I don't know. So for people who don't know who Chris Roberts is, he was probably one of the most widely known uh, game developers back in the 90s who created uh, the Wing Commander series, uh, Freelancer. He was the original founder of Origin before he sold it to uh, EA. And so he's a a big name in gaming, and he came out of retirement to, uh, I guess, do his piece de resistance, which was Star Citizen. And the plan is for it to be a uh, MMORPG in a massive universe. He said 100 star systems. And yeah, and you can do... He's got like nine planets done, that's it. And it will will grow, it will... More systems will be added and be procedurally generated, uh... 
But so the whole premise of the game is that you can just do whatever you want. You buy yeah. ships, you can fly around, you can mine, trade, whatever. Which it seems like a No Man's Sky, but prettier. It Much more than No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky is kind of like Minecraft in space, and this is like more more MMO that there's going to be like jobs and there'll be like an actual like in-game economy like it's going to be But are these things set up in place yet? So right now after it was a very slow going start. I think it took 2 years for them to add the to get the first flight module, the first playable version of the game out. So during the, those first 2 years they had a couple ships you could purchase and that was how you uh, contributed to the game, how you crowdfunded, is that you would buy a ship and the ship would come with a game package, give you a game, uh, some other in-game bonus stuff, access to the beta, alpha, the full game, all that. And then you could go into your hangar and you could you know, look around at your ship. You could interact with it. You couldn't fly it, but you could walk around. And it was just kind of a nice thing just for people to get an idea of yeah. what they had paid for. I mean, don't get me wrong. Everything is absolutely gorgeous. And then so about a year after that, that was like the first year when they first announced it, about a year after, which is when I got in 2013, uh, like October. And so about a year after that, then they added the dogfighting module. So ships that were flight capable and had been, had weapons and stuff added, uh, you could now go in with other players and you could fight against AI waves of fighters. And then it took about a year another year or two um, for them to add a kind of a free-to-fly space. So they added a space station. They added a couple planets uh, and a few little quests that you can do. And so it just gave you a, a way to play around with that. And then uh, shortly right after that, they added the first-person shooter aspect of the game. And now they have... Uh, one full star system set up and one uh, completely rendered planet. Uh, and this planet, to give you an idea, is like the equivalent of Corazon in Star Wars. It's an entirely city-based planet. So it's absolutely a massive undertaking. And then they have some other planets and moons and, again, more space stations and quests and missions that you can do. So it's... How's the job like system set up still, though? It's still very, very fundamental. Yeah. Uh, so... It's it's getting there, and so what I guess what a lot of people are upset with is that it's taking a lot of time. They keep adding new ships and stuff to the game. People keep purchasing. I think a lot of it is people are just butthurt that they, they, they expected the game to be done sooner, and they're putting all this... Some people are putting way too much money I into mean, this. I mean, you can buy... the One of the articles, it talks about this you know ship that you can see, or it's the Kraken or whatever. It's the... It's $1,000. Well, yeah, so it's, the reason, like, the money's attached to it is because you get the ship at the start of the game. Yeah. And so this, the the Kraken is a, uh, basically the equivalent of a space aircraft carrier. So it's That's a- That's so fucking cool. It's a pretty- I love the idea of this game, it's just not there. It's a pretty hefty, uh, you know- advantage that you buy when you buy some of these ships like they have some destroyers that were available but they limit the number of ships that the number of these big ships that people can purchase there's only a handful of them available 
and they did it by lottery to people who were interested. Mm-hmm. And some of these ships are being purchased by uh, clans that have already been built around the game. So it's a large group of people like crowdfunding to buy it. So my whole thing is that, uh, yes, I'm a backer of Star Citizen. I've bought in three ships in the game. I bought one originally when I started, and that got me my copy of the game. And then about a year and a half ago, I returned it to the store for in-game, uh, for their store credit. And I, I got to keep my copy of the game, and I bought a different two different ships for the same price as what I had originally paid, because some of the ships have gone down in price uh, since the beginning. So while it is... Uh, while I don't really play it, I... I can at least see that they're making progress. Things are getting added semi-regularly, and it's they're pretty transparent. He releases monthly statements, uh, you know, from himself about what's going on with the game. They do lots of videos and stuff at all their different studios, showing what everyone's working on. They have a pretty uh, in-depth roadmap of where they're at. So it's kind of they're just kind of in this position of finishing all the blocks and that's what he the way chris roberts explained in the article is that they've got all the blocks that they're trying to finish the foundation and then once they finish the foundation they can use a lot of that to uh build the rest of the game much faster but it is quite a undertaking because the ships have realistic damage stuff so like if you shoot a certain part of the ship only that part breaks it doesn't apply damage to otherwhere and it's got realistic damage, so you could literally shoot a wing off of someone's ship if you fired it just right, and it's nuts, the the type of stuff that they're trying to do. Um, so, to me, that's why it's taking so long, but it's they've raised almost $300 million. Yeah, it's a big backing. It's a legendary human being backing it, and, you know, it's running up on six, seven years, right? Six. We're about to hit six. Six years. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking, where is the more of this game? And, it, I mean, Bethesda, I mean, granted, they have a bigger team, I'm sure, but still. They have a decently large team. They have five small studios now spread out around the world. So then, like, that's how long it took Skyrim to come about. And it's, it, it's taken plenty of games just as long to come out, but the only difference is we didn't know they were coming. And so I think people are just upset because they know Star Citizen is coming and they can taste these little tidbits of it. And they want the whole thing, and... If and when it gets finished, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it will definitely redefine PC. And the, and the other issue is with them taking it so long to make it and also building it exclusively for PC, they keep having to go back every once in a while and update it for new... Uh, hardware. Or... New hardware, new software, yeah. just new advances. So that is causes issues as well, whereas console... You can plan, you know, you can get a plans for the PlayStation Five right now. Yeah. And people are building for the PlayStation Five, which will won't change for eight years. Yeah. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, article is worth a read, but it's very aggressive and it's garnered a lot of controversy among the people who are interested in Star Citizen. But um, I am one for one not a big fan of the whole early access. Uh, world of gaming that we've entered upon where companies are just they feel like so many companies now are just releasing their game on early access and then whether or not the game actually gets finished is a 
entirely another story. There's so many games that I mean, have died. I've seen. Well, I see it as like a means to help finish, like money wise. Well, and that's that's part of the part of the problem. I mean, it yes, they need the money to keep developing, but at the same time, they don't end up finishing developing even though they have that money, and so it, or they don't deliver on the promises. Yeah. So it's kind of a case by case basis with games, but it's definitely uh, definitely an issue. So, moving right along, uh, there will soon be more PC gamers in China than the entire U.S. population. That's nuts. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I would have to see the population relation from China to ours. We have 130 million people. Is that correct? I think so. Okay. Well, we're going to search it up. But yeah, I mean, which is kind of, it's insane because... I mean, well, what do they qualify? Sorry, 327 million as yeah. of last year. I don't know what they qualify as gamers. So they say, you know, console, PC, mobile gamers. You know, what is this? There's a high... I know there's a lot of mobile gaming. PC, individual PC players. Okay. So that means that there's almost... That means there's probably every bit 250 million PC players in China, which is not a unreasonable number for a country that has a population of over 1 billion people yeah so still nuts to think about yeah and uh it is also nuts to think about like a lot of games just straight ban china from their servers or they they region lock china so only china can play with themselves yeah which i mean if you have that many people you're not gonna really have that hard of a time finding someone to match with yeah keep all the hackers together too yeah, it's true. They can all, but which we talked about in a previous episode, you know, that kind of ruins gaming for people that live in China. Well, that's the, that's their culture. That's their problem. <laughs> um, everyone else has got their own problems. They need to deal with theirs. So uh, Steam has hit 1 billion unique accounts. Uh, however, only about 90 million of those are actually active player accounts. A lot of accounts on Steam because you don't even really need an email to make an account. You can just create one. A lot of the accounts are scam accounts or uh, people make multiple accounts when they get banned for cheating. They'll go right. make a new account. Yeah. Or uh, people do accounts for trading and all sorts of shysty, uh, shysty stuff. But uh, 90 million active players is uh, quite still a lot. a lot. Yeah. That's still a lot of people. That's a lot. A lot of, P- lot of PC gamers. Um, and I don't know what they define as active, like within online within a certain period. I yeah. don't know. Oh, pro- mm. I, think it was, I think it was 90 million like concurrent players or something was their peak. Yeah. But that's uh, still a lot of people. And then Valve, the uh, people who own Steam, have uh, announced their first VR equipment. Yes. That'll be coming out later this year. So it's a headset, controllers, and then a base unit. Yeah. It is stupid expensive. Yeah. I was super down with it and the prices of everything. But once I started realizing that you needed all the pieces to make it work, it wasn't. It's $1,000 for everything. And there's only one title linked to this right now exclusively. They have it. If you read one of the articles, it talks about how... Oh, the No Man's Sky VR? No, they, they're coming out with an exclusive for whatever this new unit. Oh, okay. And so with with that and everything that Steam is promising, a lot of people are not really wanting to back this just yet because there's a limited run for right now yeah. to pre-order it. 
and it's a thousand dollars and it does have some advancements over a few other vr systems but it's not really reinventing anything the headset is definitely much better than the vive uh this headset looks more like a cross between the playstation vr mm -hmm. and the vive where it's got it's got a lower profile goggles yeah it has higher resolution goggles along with higher FPS. And then it's got a little bit more of a sturdy construction, so it will sit better on your face and it will feel less like you have a brick taped to your yeah, forehead. Yeah, really. Um, and they also, they added stupid, not stupid things, but little things, you know, you can adjust the lens length from your eye, which is always my problem because I have a very tiny head. So it usually sits in a very awkward position for me. And like binoculars, you can also adjust the lens width yeah. Uh, so that it lines up better with your eye. Uh, the controllers are significantly better than any other VR controller on the market. <laughs> so I think that's one thing a lot of people will be picking up. The big advantage of this is all of their parts are compatible with any Vive equipment. Yeah, which so, is smart on their end. Yeah, so people can like mix and match if they already have certain equipment. So And then they have the base unit. So at a minimum, you need the base unit and mm -hmm. a headset to yes. play. Uh, and then you would just use mouse and keyboard or controller and you can move your head. Wow. So great. I mean, as a person who's played military simulators like Arma, the head thing would be so much fun. Uh, it would probably get tiring after a while. Yeah. But the, the head thing would allow me to do so much more that I can't do in the game because I can lean and move and look in different directions that I wouldn't be very awkward for me to try and pull off on a keyboard so like Arma's a military simulator so it's tries to they make the game too for the actual military so they try to be as realistic as possible in terms of things so the biggest advantage where people use the headsets in that game for is for flying yeah uh, because Arma is also the developers Bohemia make some of the best flight simulators uh, on the market so for flying, it would make a huge difference that if I'm if I'm flying a helicopter in first person, the fact that I can, you know, if my helicopter doesn't have a door, that I can turn my head and look down and I can actually like look out, out of the door. Yeah. And that's something that I can't do regularly when I'm playing on mouse and keyboard. Yeah. A lot of the VR stuff and what we're going to see in first person shooter, even co-op is going to be amazing. I just love all the, the videos coming out. You know, obviously you can pick up mags and throw them. I mean, obviously, they're hilarious watching people shoot and then their buddy just comes up and pulls the mag out of their gun or, like, pulls the uh, pin on a grenade that's on them and then just runs away. It's, yeah, it definitely got a lot of promise. Uh, I would like to see the price point come down um, in the future. But um, it's If it's as good as it seems like it's going to be, I don't think the price point's going to go down. We'll just have to keep an eye on reviews. Maybe one day we can invest in it. Jesus, that's that's pretty much a PC right there. Thousand bucks, yeah. I mean, and you need to spend at least fifteen hundred to have a VR ready PC. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't forget about tax on that too. So, um, we'll see how the reviews are when that comes out later this year. They're slated to release fall twenty nineteen. Um, we'll check back on the reviews then, and maybe one day we'll eventually get our hands <laughs> on it. Maybe. Uh, there was also a fake Left 4 Dead 3 trailer that uh, ran rampant throughout the internet and people were losing their shit, <laughs> uh, but it turned out to be fake and that upset a lot of people. 
Left 4 Dead was a co-op uh, zombie survival game that was very popular, made by Valve. And people have been waiting for a third game of that. They've been waiting for Half-Life 3 and forever. And Valve is just not doing anything. Nope. Um, fucking Epic Games. I hate them so much. So they bought uh, Psyonix, uh, who makes uh, Rocket League. Which was, in my mind, a very odd move. Because Rocket League has been out for almost five years now. I mean, they have a tournament now, so it's like... But it's... I mean, there's a... It, there, is a competitive No, there shouldn't league. be. There is there one. There shouldn't be. Rocket League is basically car soccer. It is car. That's exactly what it is. Exactly, yeah. And the game itself has been on the decline for quite a while now. It just it it had a it had a large popularity when it started, but it's been the last it's five two years. years. That's a long run for a game to be popular. Yeah. And not have another one. It's just a, it's a basic concept, and it loses its appeal after a while. I mean, there's a competitive league, Jamie. There shouldn't be. <laughs> so, I don't know why Epic would spend the money to acquire... Because Epic is... They're stupid. Let's just start there. So, they said that they were going to stop selling the game on Steam, but then they came back and announced that they'll continue to sell it on Steam until fall of this year, when it will no longer be available on Steam, and it will only be available on Epic. Which will mean the end of that game. But people who have it on Steam can continue to play it, so... Why the... Why do they keep doing this? I don't know. And the crazy part is, is that all of the Rocket League servers are run by Steam, because it's on Steam. So it directly uses the Steam store, and that's how you have friends and whatnot. So I don't know how it's going to work with Epic, because if it's on, if you have it on Epic, you won't be able to play with anybody on Steam. And most people who have the... A lot of people have this game. It was a very popular game for a while. I can't imagine their sales are that great. No, I can't imagine people so, in the last few years are buying this game. Yeah, and so who's yeah who would get it on Epic now after the five years and what like what group of people so that you can play with other people yeah i don't don't know it seems like a terrible decision uh also apparently it's come out that uh, quite a few developers uh have been turning down epic that epic's been going hard hot and heavy trying to snatch up games and a lot of developers have publicly announced that they will not do business with epic they're pretty much hoeing themselves out to other games and they're getting denied a lot so uh some of the notable ones um and apparently this uh this reddit article uh came out and epic has uh responded to it but um let's see so they tried to pick up the game uh, Rise of Industry, which is on Steam, uh, but the developers behind it declined. And then uh, Factorio, another popular game, kind of like Rise of Industry. It's kind of a bird's eye like building game, both of them. Uh, they also denied uh, Epic, and the their developers specifically stated... Uh, that there will be no selling out to big companies that would use the games as cash grabs while destroying the brand. Oh my god. And they also stated that several times they declined to negotiate investment opportunities from Epic Games. 
Damn. So Epic is really going hard behind the scenes. And it sounds like they're doing some scummy stuff. Yeah. I mean, are you surprised? Not at all. But they're they're trash, so... Uh, CD Projekt Red also publicly stated uh, a month or two ago on their Twitter that they will never ever consider any idea of exclusivity and that they believe to make their game available on all platforms to all players. There we go. More people adopting that idea. More companies at least adopting that idea. And I mean, Steam Steam is the best platform for PC. Yeah, just... I can wholly agree with that. And I can't wait for the UI update. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, and then Chris Avalone, who used to work at Obsidian, um, which they have announced that they're partnered, uh, he has um, come out against uh, Obsidian, saying that their deal with Epic and Outer World, they called it a cash grab. And he is currently a writer for uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which is a game that's going to be sold on uh, both stores, um, both Epic and Steam, because they believe in giving people the option to choose. But so there's just there's so much consumer backlash right now, and developers don't see any advantage from this exclusivity deal. And I feel bad for the companies that made that deal because there literally is no advantage to going with Epic. No. Um, so there's more, there's, I'm sure there's more, plenty of more companies out there, but uh, those are just the, the main ones we know about so far. And then plugging right along, uh, two weeks ago, I think. Uh, World War Z came out on Epic Games. Yeah. And so their numbers have been terrible. I mean, they were never... Yeah, they've they've just gotten worse and worse. So they're running into an issue now where they don't have... They don't even have, like, enough players to have an effective matchmaking system as well. Uh, but they've announced their roadmap for future content for the game, and it's pretty much all free content. Yeah, so. it makes, makes some sense. So we'll see if they see any sort of resurgence in the future, but I'm pretty sure that game's probably... Oh, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then Activision, another trash company. Uh, Used to be so good. Lo and behold, for the... How many years is this? 12th year running. 12th year running. We will have another Call of Duty game. Yeah, in June. I don't... No, no, no. They're announcing the oh, game in June. They're announcing the... Okay. It will come out in fall like normal. Okay. So it'll come out a year after Black Ops 4. I don't know. We'll see. I mean... Just just stop. I, I mean, the, the Blops ended up being an improvement from the shit that the one was before, but maybe we're slowly coming back to the days of Modern Warfare 2? We're never going to get back to that. Call of Duty is just like... It's just... It's just your time to go. Just let me put the pillow over you and <laughs> No, let, let they're you go starting gently. their league, don't you remember? Did you hear that they've had five people buy in, five cities buy in to have teams for their new Call of Duty league? That means they've raised $125 million. That means there was five idiots that paid it. $25 million. That league's never going to get going, and it's never going to be. 2020, apparently. No. Hmm. <laughs> trash uh 
this month, uh, the entire Call of Duty franchise also just hit 30, 300 million units sold, uh, which is not that spectacular. No. Considering you have you have twelve, 12 games. games. Yeah. And so this is so this is going all the way back to two thousand seven and the first real launch of Call of Duty, Call of Duty, which was Call of Duty two. And that had pretty small. Same with Call of Duty 3. That was a really small market. Um, but Call of Duty 4 in 2009, I think, was the first biggest one. And so the height of Call of Duty, uh, they were selling about 30 million units a game. So they had about four years, five years, where they were hitting that mark. Um, with the best-selling Call of Duty game right now, still Modern Warfare 3. Which I thought it was a trash game. I mean, it, it followed Modern Warfare 2, so and everyone loved that, so they figured 3 was going to be just as good, so everyone bought into it. Yeah. Uh, I think Black Ops 2 is number 2, very close. I loved Black Ops 2. Uh, and then Modern Warfare is up there as well, and so is uh, Modern Warfare 2 and World at War, I think, make out the top 5. <clears throat> and... Um, other than that, they actually added a prop hunt back to Black Ops 4. So only on PS4? Only on PS4. Which it's, is odd. And their logo for prop hunt is a trash can, just which, like they are. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was fun. Uh, that was a fun little comment that I showed you on there. But yeah. I'm surprised that they can, they can use the term prop hunt. Why? Because Gary's Mod. I know Gary's Mod is free source, but they're the ones, whoever was did that was the creator of prop hunt i don't know maybe they didn't claim rights to it maybe they didn't maybe or maybe it, or maybe it's so widely used that you can't claim rights to it yeah maybe since it was an open source yeah who knows either way why would anyone fucking play prop hunt and call of duty <laughs> i don't know but you know they thought it was a great idea well and what props does call of duty have that you can like move I don't know. Like most of everything in Call of Duty is static objects. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's terrible. Yeah. But um, new in Riot Games. So what's happening with Riot Games is... We talked about it last week and yeah. it, it happened last year that they just have a terrible, extremely hostile anti-women, anti... Everything. Everything. Um work environment and it was so bad that right after this kotaku expose came out they hired a chief diversity officer to apparently guide the company into the proper normal channels and anytime that someone has to do that that's you just know the situation's so much worse than it is yeah and right now there's quite a few people that are trying to sue Riot Games for whatever allegations. Sexual harassment or workplace discrimination or all sorts of stuff. Bad hiring practices. Yeah, everything um, that you could think of. Employees are looking... They, what we talked about the other week was employees are looking to do a walkout. Yes, and the walkout has to do with Riot Games attempting to change their, you know, lawsuits to... what what. They're trying to, they're, Riot's trying to rewrite employee contracts to prevent employees from filing lawsuits against them over all of these allegations of harassment and discrimination and all that. And so they're trying to replace it with an arbitration clause 
so that they would be required to go through arbitration with Riot. Instead of going to whatever, HR or straight to Riot, which uh, is a terrible thing to do. And so they said, you know, they are going to walk out and it hasn't necessarily happened just yet. And again, it just shows you the situation must be so bad that they're trying to add an arbitration clause because that must mean they have, you know, dozens yeah. of pending lawsuits. That have to have some validity to them because, you know, if you could easily disprove it, then, you know. You wouldn't be looking to put an arbitration clause in. Exactly. And then this is the, the quote that is coming from one of the, the representatives that Riot Games. So says, we are proud of our colleagues for standing up for what they believe in. We always want rioters to have the opportunity to be heard. So then, you know, it goes on to talk about how they're going to have meetings, you know, uh, hearing what the their concerns are. And then, you know, it goes on to say, if you feel like you want to be a part of these meetings, go ahead and write your name down on this kill list. So what it, to me, it, this sounds like this sounds like Wells Fargo. Oh, no. Where they were like, well, you know, if you see, you know, fraudulent activities like employees opening accounts without people knowing, you know, call the whistleblower hotline. And then Wells Fargo was using the whistleblower hotline to fire employees. Yeah, this honestly seems like a kill list. I don't... It really does. I, who's going to actually put their name on that? Who's going to say anything? Yeah. And obviously Riot does not value their what their employees stand for and believe in because if they did, then they wouldn't have let it get to this point. Yeah. And so it's just a whole bunch of PR bullshit. Oh, it's bad. And there's, there's some really great quotes and there's a lot of... There's so much to this story... That you just have to honestly read the articles that are out. Um, yeah, if you Google uh, Riot Games, uh, Kotaku harassment, it should be the first yeah. thing that comes up. And Waypoint it's... has a really great article. Um, and honestly, it'll keep you reading the whole time through. Just because I'm flabbergasted. I can't believe that these things are even existing. It's... And that Riot Games is denying it all. It's nuts, yeah. They're going to... They're gonna lose millions and millions of dollars in lawsuits. I mean, I'm not. I'm honestly thinking this game, this entire company is gonna be done after this. It could be the downfall, just the way that they're handling it. Well, and it's the crazy part is is that their their internal company is almost exactly reflective of what their online community is around the game. It's they're fucking horrendous. Yeah. Like playing. Playing League of Legends is one of the most, like, toxic and, like, unfun experiences you can have. <laughs> just because people are so mean, they're so aggressive, and they're so hateful towards other players, you can't even have fun. Yeah. Like, even if you disable all in-game communications, there's just so many ways people can ruin your game experience. Yeah, and then, I mean... With the increase in like uh, competitiveness that goes along with having you know League of Legends be the way to you know the the popularity that it is, of course, this is just gonna get blasted everywhere. Activision needs to not Activision, what well, Riot Games needs to get themselves together because this is huge. Mhm, mhm, agreed. Uh, Anthem, once uh, once again, can't uh, can't escape. No. Yeah. So. Uh, their player base is rapidly declining to the point where they are having the inability to uh, form groups of players to play the game. It's an entirely online game, so you you need at least four players <laughs> to play, and they're having difficulty matching people. Four players. Yeah. 
So it's. I mean, that's bad. And I, although I am glad that, you know, they're going to be leaving this alone and start focusing on Dragon Age 4 because I want it and I hope that, you know, it's not going to go the same way as Anthem. But is, is that even the right solution? I mean, Bioware is a fucking shit show right now. And they're... They need something to pull them out. Anthem's dead. I, I've called oh, it. The fact yeah. the fact that we have the, the declining player numbers so people can barely even play the game. They've halted their development roadmap and have postponed everything. And then now, like you said, they've pulled all their lead creators from Anthem. And supposedly they're starting work on Dragon Age 4. They're starting work now. How can we even expect Dragon Age 4 to be good after Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem? I don't know what they're going to do in that time between, too. Like, what? it's going to take a few years to get, you know, Dragon Age 4 out. Are they going to have learned anything? Is Dragon Age 4 still going to be on shitty Frostbite, or is that going to be on... I swear to you, if it's still on Frostbite, I won't buy it. I don't... I honestly, I probably wouldn't buy Dragon Age 4, to be honest. I'd be shocked if Bioware does not go under, and I'd be shocked if we ever see Dragon Age actually come out. Oh, it makes me so sad. I mean, I loved Inquisition. It was a ton of fun. It was honestly, it's probably in my top five favorite games. It was pretty popular, but... uh, Maybe ten. I'll say top ten. That's probably better. Yeah. But yeah, I... It's just... They need to solve their problems first, and starting a new game is not going to solve their problems. I mean, they need to make money in the meantime, and I get that, and let's just hope that they can solve everything and, I don't know, figure their shit out on this. Maybe this is their redeeming game, that they change everything on, and now they become, you know, better. They're back to their old selves. I don't know. I don't think so. All I know is it's going to be six years, probably, before we see Dragon Age 4. If they don't go under. Yeah, which they probably will. And then uh, to wrap things up this week, we got a little bit of esports news. Uh, this weekend is the Call of Duty uh, World League tournament in London, which if anyone cares about Call of Duty esports, there's that. Uh, this is this is their normal tournament. This isn't what they're trying to establish. They're trying to establish like an Overwatch League style tournament that would this would be replaced by. Yeah, did I say that right? I think so. The Overwatch, their Overwatch-style league would replace their regular tournaments like this. Which I can't imagine their numbers are that great for them to keep doing these tournaments. I don't know. I mean, there is still a good fan base of Call of Duty. And we don't even know what their what their sales were on Black Ops 4. 4. They have not disclosed what their units sold were. I can't find it anywhere. I don't know. The only the only concrete number I can find is that during the first month they had four million units sold digital download on consoles. Jesus, that's nothing. That's, that's absolutely like, that's like a percent. That's absolutely nothing. I think Call of Duty World War Two maybe had not eight or nine million units sold total. It was uh, it was a really small number. I actually have it here. Um Do I have it here? I guess you don't. Maybe I don't. Oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah, Call of Duty World War II, it had 19 million units for 2002, but that doesn't even make it one of... That's not even... It's like right in the middle of the pack. 
as far as best-selling games go. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's another thing about Call of Duty that it's not doing well. They won't even release, you know, their copies sold. And apparently, I don't know, these leagues and things like that, they kind of try and make it seem like Call of, Duty, Call of Duty is still relevant and is still being played, which I guess it is in a way, but... I mean, we have a hard time getting lobbies on PC. Yeah, actually we do. I mean, that might just be the server problems. They could just but... have shitty matchmaking. Yeah, there's that. Possible. And then um, this week was also the start of the mid-season invitational for League of Legends. So the way League does their seasons is they do a spring split and a summer split. So they started back in February, I think. And so they play February to May. They had playoffs and now all the best teams around the world are playing uh, round robin style and they will play for the next couple weeks and then that will conclude with the finals on may 19th and so the winners of this tournament it gets them basically a free ticket into the finals it doesn't matter what happens to them during the summer split so it's pretty It'll take the load off of a lot of teams if they get it. Uh, they won't have to worry too much. And then they can just really start prepping for finals. And what other teams, you know, end up getting this free ticket, they can look at that. Yeah, so I think it's first and second place uh, get the, uh, the go-ahead. And then uh, the summer split will start in June. And it, that will run all the way through September. And then in September, September they will start doing their uh, finals. Yeah. And then usually that's the... so much time to prepare to see the teams that are doing well to study their strategies to fix their game. You know, if you get that ticket, you're gonna have so much time to prepare for whoever else is gonna be there. Yeah, but unfortunately, North America is never, never, uh, never shows up. We're uh, <laughs> we're pretty terrible when it comes to the video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, we're always winning the Olympics, so I'll take that. <laughs> take it where we can yeah so uh that's it for that's all we got for you know this week that's it for this week yeah the week of april like what, 28th oh. 28th yeah oh yeah now so we're we're in may yeah uh but uh we'll be back next week uh with a new episode so listen and then and as always keep interacting with us on social media tell us uh what kind of stuff you want to hear yeah uh we're working hard to get a website up and uh, hopefully we'll have that by the end of the month, maybe. Maybe beginning of June. Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah. Good luck. Have fun out there. <laughs>